Welcome back, everybody, to Two Spot Monkeys Live. I am Jim. Perhaps you're seeing us on YouTube. Perhaps you're listening to us in your earbuds or your car. But I am joined by Tom, as always. Tom, how are you doing? I'm very well today, Jim. Thanks. You're doing well, too, I assume? I, I am. I am doing well. It is a lovely early morning in Nebraska. I think it's lovely. It's still kind of dark outside. Um, so, well, I guess it's getting light. There's curtains up. I can't tell. Is your, uh, is your, is your atmosphere hazy from the fires in California? A little bit. Yeah. It's been a little bit, uh, last week we had more of it. Um, but, uh, it's still a little, little hazy. It's crazy how that like thousands of miles away can, uh, can still affect us. Yeah. It gets all the way to the Midwest. You know, yeah, in my in my side so by the mitten. So yeah, I can just imagine. But I saw that on the news this morning that it was just like pretty like one of like the top five worst ever in California. And I was like, wow, it's pretty unbelievable. Absolutely. So thoughts thoughts to anybody who's listening out in California, stay safe. And um, I that I'm glad we don't deal with that in Nebraska all that often. And uh, that's scary stuff. So uh, and Tom, I didn't put it on our list, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention. Um, we lost beautiful Bobby Eaton yesterday morning. Uh, not a not a fun way to start uh, the podcast, but uh, that was kind of in in you and I in our younger days watching wrestling would have been the Midnight Express. Um, we didn't talk about this at all, so I'm totally putting you on the spot. Any favorite Midnight Express memories that you you think of that come to mind? I mean, I I was a fan of the Midnight Express theme, um, so they had me at the theme, right? Like that, like. Um, and I, I won't, I can't even recall it off the top of my head with the name of it, but that was, that was awesome. Like that was like a really cool, like theme. So when you think about how, like in the eighties, you know, music added to the production of pro wrestling and entrances for that matter, that probably stands out for me. But beyond that, Bobby Eaton, good grief. I mean, I know that towards the end of his life, you know, the, the toll that the physicality of the matches that he was in took, um, took that toll, but he was an amazing wrestler. And, uh, you know, from that, from that generation, there's so many guys that put so many miles on their body, uh, you know, literally and figuratively, uh, and, you know, sad, sad to lose anyone, um, who gives you kind of good memories from, from your youth. But, um, yeah, yeah. So I will never forget Robert Eaton, uh, with the York foundation as well. So <laughs> Robert Eaton or Sir Robert Eaton, um, uh, with the Blue Bloods, with uh, yes. William Regal as well. Um, really cool. Uh, we're going to talk some figures later, really cool Galoob figures of them uh, from that were UK exclusive. Shocking, right? Um, I think they were UKs. But, um, yeah, Bobby, I mean, the, the Midnight Express, I, you know, when I first first started watching wrestling was probably right about the time Dennis Condry left um, and Stan Lane came in. So kind of the Midnight Express, probably same for you, Tom, um, that I know best was Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. Uh, certainly have seen a fair amount of the stuff with Condry, uh, but Stan Lane and, and Bobby Eaton were the, the two that I remember. And Stan Lane kind of doing the road dog style introduction before the road dog um, when he would introduce Jim Cornette as well. And uh, I mean, yeah, their matches with the Rock and Roll Express and the Road Warriors and, uh, you know, the, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember now the Southern Boys, um, the Fantastic. I mean, just all sorts of great tag team matches. And then that singles run that Bobby Eaton had as well, TV champ and um, not much of a promo certainly, but man, didn't have to be because he could just go. 
Um, so it's it's sad. And everything you read about him, and I know sometimes when people pass away, you see this, but I, I'd seen it for years too. Sounds like he was just the nicest guy too. So that's that's cool um, and and sad at the same time. So best thoughts to to fans and friends and and everybody who's mourning Bobby Eaton this morning. Uh, other we've had a few others too. The assassin I saw passed away, and um, it's yeah. It's, yeah, it's I, I was gonna shout that, out, shout that out too. Yeah, it's almost like you know the rule of three. You know, sometimes you know deaths come in threes, and I felt like in the pro wrestling world there were there were more than just Bobby Eaton. And yeah, the assassin, Jody Hamilton, and Orndorff was a little bit maybe a week or so ago, maybe a little bit back, longer. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and I mean Paul Orndorff. What can you? I mean, that was right in the, you know, Orndorff turning on Hogan. That was the, one of my early memories and. Uh, the cage match where they both hit the floor at the same time, he and Hogan. And uh, it took me years to to learn. I always wondered why he wasn't on WrestleMania three. Uh, Cause I'm like, man, that was right in prime Paul Orndorff, you know, and Hogan. And they actually held him off WrestleMania three as the backup in case Andre couldn't go for some reason mm. um, because Andre's back was so bad at that point and everything. So, uh, which Orndorff wouldn't have been as big as Andre and Hogan, but it would have been an, an absolutely worthy WrestleMania main event at that time. Well, and, I, and that's the thing. Could you imagine the history if it wasn't Hogan Andre in the Silverdome and it was Hogan Orndorff? <laughs> like that's right. it's, it's hard to fathom. No, it, it is. It is, and and to know that Orndorff was over enough that 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 would have worked. Yes, but but Hogan Andre is so historic that yeah, it's really hard to uh, to put that in there. And I think probably because of Orndorff's later career as well, and the the. Uh, physical issues he had later on in his life and career that it's hard to think about that replacing Hogan Andre, but it would work. Guilty pleasure for me was always the tag team of pretty wonderful, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Saturday night, uh, or WCW Saturday night and clash of champions, Orndorff and Roma guys that just were like, not like at that point, Orndorff clearly was on the downswing. And then Roma always was kind of like that middle tier guy that someone always wanted to give him a bigger push than what he was getting. And then it really never materialized. So, but that was just a fun team, I recall. And, you know, I enjoyed it's, watching them in WCW. It's funny that uh, two of my guilty pleasure tag teams, because I 100% agree with you, pretty wonderful. And then Power and Glory, both involve Paul Roma. <laughs> like, I don't know why that is. Uh, not like I was a huge Paul Roma guy, but um, it is funny that, yeah, and I thought they were a, they were a fun tag team, so. And it's funny that you have Power and Glory as a guilty pleasure because that's actually the second name if this podcast wasn't called Two Spot Monkeys because of you and me, we'd be called Power and Glory. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> I will let the listeners decide who is Power and who's Glory. I, yeah, let's let them figure that out. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the other name was going to be Guilty Pleasures, but that's a different <laughs> for a different day. All um, right, we'll leave it there so that we don't get marked with any sort of uh, warning label this week. Uh, let's talk wrestling, Tom. And uh, there's no there's no real good way to segue from from deaths and wrestling to anything else, or from what I just said. So um, we'll we'll just segue. Uh, at, when we spoke last, which was a rare Sunday episode that went out uh, at the beginning of this week um, or the beginning of the week, whenever you're listening to this, you had seen up through uh, the raw. You hadn't seen the raw that had happened about a week prior to that. So so you're up to date. I'm up to date. Uh, You did not watch that raw that you had missed. However, you and I both did watch raw this week um, and we're up to up to snuff on where WWE is at this point. So, uh, you chose not to watch Raw from the week prior. 
because you had read the result, you went through and read the results and, and decided whether anything looked like you needed to see it and, and clearly nothing did. So I'm just curious what, uh, what were your thoughts as you read through those and what made you go, yeah, nothing I need to see here. Yeah. So I've, I haven't pulled up here and just, mm -hmm. I mean, nothing is I mean, exciting. And then I think the most newsworthy thing perhaps coming out of that would have been Natalia getting injured uh, by Dewdrop. Uh, I mean, not intentionally, just it was a, it was a bad turn. Uh, other than that, like, I don't know, this tag team of Mansoor and Mustafa, Mustafa Ali, uh, maybe rising up. Uh, it's weird. Uh, um, but yeah, but then, nothing. go ahead. No, I just said nothing on paper was like, okay, you better go to the DVR and check that out. You know, and the thing for me is Mustafa Ali and, and Mansoor, they give them the win over T-Bar and Mace, and then they have to do the WWE thing and have a rematch again the very next week and give the other guys the win. Now, I will say, you and I both saw Raw this week. I actually kind of enjoyed the tag match between Ali, Mansoor, T-Bar, and Mace. I thought it was a good little sprint. I mean, it probably was only four or five minutes. I didn't I didn't look at the timing on it. Um, it wasn't real long, but three out of those four guys I've liked for quite a while, and, and Mace didn't do anything to make me think, you know, I shouldn't like him. Um, but they just book him so terribly. Uh, Mason T-Bar could be, I would have changed their names because they have that, you know, retribution stink on them. But um, I would have changed their names. But they could be a really kind of badass, excuse my French, you know, uh, butt-kicking team. Uh, kind of the, I, I don't want to say the Road Warriors because anytime you start comparing them to the, to teams like the Road Warriors or Demolition, that's that's just not going to be fair. Um, but wrestling has kind of always had a team like that that just can just beat the tar out of everybody. Uh, Mason T-Bar could be that. The Viking Raiders could be that. Here's a crazy idea. They both could be that. And then when Mason T-Bar faced the Viking Raiders, it would be really cool. But no, we don't do that. Um, well, that goes back to, again, there's there's no promotion in, a, in any tangible way or meaningful way for tag team wrestling in WWE. It's just, no. it's, it's just, just the, the, the reality of the situation. It's yeah, it's, it's maddening because there are absolutely people who could be used well in tag teams. Tag teams, a great way to use some of the guys that you're not going to be using in your singles run, you know, uh, you know, the dirty dogs of, of, and I know this is on SmackDown, but Ziggler and rude could, if given any sort of, importance be a really good team they're two good workers they held the titles for a while you and i didn't even remember they held the titles i remember talking about that at one point we were like and the smackdown tag team champions are and it took us a minute to remember it was Dolph ziggler and robert rude that's bad we do a podcast about wrestling we couldn't even remember who the SmackDown tag team champions were because they give them so little importance um well heck yesterday uh they announced um just on the tag team point, they announced the Usos are defending against the Mysterios at SummerSlam, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. I didn't think was where they were headed, but, um, and, and I actually, like when I looked at it, I thought, why don't the Mysterios have the titles? Oh, that's right. The Usos won them. Like when you make it unimportant, um, it, you know, it slipped my mind that, Oh yeah, that happened at the last pay-per-view. That's right. Um, it's, just, it's maddening. The other thing that's maddening is what are we doing with Karrion Cross and Keith Lee? Both of them. Come on. Um, 
you bring Keith Lee back and you have Bobby Lashley beat him. And we talked about that last week. And then you have him face Karrion Cross the next week. Now I know Karrion Cross couldn't face Jeff Hardy because Jeff Hardy, unfortunately, uh, allegedly, you know, tested positive for COVID. I, I hope Hardy's doing well. This would be two weeks he's missed now. So maybe, maybe we'll see Hardy back this week. I don't know. Coming up. Um, assuming he, you know, has, has handled COVID well, if that's what was going on. Again, I'm not saying Karrion Cross shouldn't have gotten a win. He should have. Karrion Cross should have gotten a win against Jeff Hardy, but he definitely should have done the next week. But you don't have to make Keith Lee that guy. So many other guys. So, so many, many other guys. And then you turn around and do the – I mean, it's like – rematch after rematch you know somebody um again i know i talk about the fightful network a lot because i've been listening to a lot of their stuff but uh somebody chatted into one of their shows and said i tried to watch raw tonight this was that was this week said i tried to watch raw this week uh it had this week's date on it but it was last week's show still it was all the same matches um and kind of right i mean yeah there were some that were different obviously but but so then you do the rematch, and then you have Keith Lee pin him clean. Now, again, I'm not against Keith Lee getting a win. I think Keith Lee should be getting wins. I think Keith Lee should be important. But Karrion Cross has never been pinned in NXT, and he's 1-2 and two on Raw, losing to Jeff Hardy, who, again, we talked about last week, had four wins all year. And well, now Keith Lee, who was 0-2 since coming back. And we don't know the story or how it's going to play out. And sadly, the the track record for WWE wouldn't be such where we could think that there will be a good payoff. That being said, carrying cross Samoa Joe for the NXT title is on takeover 36. Don't, don't tell me there's, there's nothing you can do to convince me. And I'm not talking about, you know, I'm just the general you WWE. They, there's nothing they could do or say to convince me that there was a reason to bring carrying cross up after money in the bank versus delaying it a month plus for after takeover. Because I suppose, I mean, if, if he doesn't lose the title to Samoa Joe, I'll be very stunned. Spoiler for our upcoming picks uh, next week or whenever that comes together. Uh, but why in the world would you bring the face one or the, or one of the faces or the 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 champion of the brand to Raw, have him wear the title to the ring, refer to him as the champion, and do what you're doing? I don't. There's no logical argument I believe that exists. For, for to, to be made for that. Right. You, you've just had him lose to two guys who maybe should mean more than they do, but they don't. Je- Jeff Hardy hadn't meant anything for a long time. And unfortunately, the way you booked Keith Lee the last couple of weeks, he hadn't meant anything either. And he's been gone for five months before that. Again, I'm all for giving Keith Lee a win. I'm a big Keith Lee fan. Big Keith Lee fan. But you don't have to do it at Karrion Cross's expense. Just, again... Cross and Lee, much like I just said with Mason T-Bar and, and Viking Raiders, Cross and Lee could be a match that you could have built to, and, and you certainly could have, because if you want to play off their NXT past, you could say that, you know, they only had the one match and Cross beat him, but he hurt his shoulder in that match and then had to relinquish the title. So he wants revenge on Keith Lee because, you know, Lee hurt him and, and cost him his first reign as champion. I mean, there's a story. And that, that would require the blending of the universes. So, again, it's the WWE universe, but there is not, like, the SmackDown universe or the Raw universe or the NXT universe. But that's how they treat it. They don't talk like that, but that's literally how it is. Because to, to, to do what you're doing and to do, to do what you're suggesting, 
I think you and I are in agreement. 100% total sense. What? Whoever's making the call when their degree goes, oh, well, people probably don't care or don't know. Okay, well, you know what? The answer is no until you ask. I always tell that to my kids. Same, same logic can be applied here. Until you make that connection for people and give them a reason to care, you're right. They're not going to care. Here, here's a question. Why can AEW impact and New Japan all work together and figure things out and and make storylines kind of make sense across brands, but WWE can't even do it under their own umbrella? You know what? Uh, so, like, just like winning the lottery is hard, answering that question would be really hard <laughs> as well. So, I mean, you know, you would think, I mean, traditionally in wrestling, right? When you have companies that work together, you end up with these really odd, nobody wants to lose, nobody can, you know, beat the other guy kind of thing. Um, you know, this is going to go in the Wayback Machine. But the AWA super clashes, all the double DQ finishes and countouts because you had champion against champion and you, you just, nobody wanted their champ to lose. Um, even way, way back when, when there were times where the WWWF champion would take on the NWA champion, it was always a double DQ or something like that. AEW, Impact, and New Japan are actually finding ways to put people over, but WWE can't figure it out, and they own the stinking brands and have total control. And can't Over their talent, right. So they have the ability to... to you know, if someone does go under and loses and looks less than, build them right up the next week. I mean, your your talent pool is deep enough where that shouldn't be an issue. Right. Again, keyword. But you don't have to build them up by just – they do this 50-50 it's 50-50 booking, right? It's it's Mustafa Ali and Mansoor win. Okay, now Mason T-Bar win. So now nobody's gaining anything. Carrying Cross wins, Keith Lee wins. Nobody's gaining anything. Um Everybody's equal. But Mansoor had a 50-match win streak. 50. Yeah, when he got pinned on Monday, was that the first time he lost? Like, was that the first time he took a pinfall loss or just a loss in general? When when was that? Because uh, uh, he took the pinfall on Monday. Uh, he he lost to Mustafa Ali okay. Uh, okay. a month ago or so. But again, you had him on a 50-match win streak and didn't even make it mean anything when you ended it. I mean, not that it was Goldberg's level, which let's get into that in a minute. Um, but um, still, make it mean something. I mean, at least you didn't hit him with a cattle prod, I guess. But anyways, uh, we don't have to skewer WCW's booking decisions from you know twenty years ago. But there's another podcast, eighty three weeks, that does that. But um, make it mean something. Make things mean things. That's 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 what frustrates me when I watch. I watched all of Raw this week, which is the first time I've done that in quite a while. I didn't feel like anything meant anything. Like, there was nothing that made me go, oh, I want to see where that goes next. Nothing. It just frustrated me. It made me mad and go, why? That doesn't make any sense. Like, not, ooh. that that You could do things that aren't predictable. Sometimes predictable is good, if it's good. Other times predictable isn't good. But when you do unpredictable things that just don't make any sense, and like you said, Tom, earlier, you don't tie them together eventually. If WB had a history of that where they did things that I go, that doesn't make any sense, but I, I've learned along the way that three weeks from now it'll make a lot more sense because they're going to tie that all together for me, I'd be much more willing to go, well, I don't know where they're going, but that's okay. Let's see where it goes because they're going to tie it together. But like you said, they don't, they don't do that. 
the one thing I do have a little bit of faith in is what they're doing with Charlotte Flair. I think Charlotte Flair has been a standout uh, since probably Money in the Bank. Again, I, I, I raved very highly about that Rhea match. And even though I didn't see every single thing, like I think she's coming across as incredibly fired up and inspired. And I don't know what, what fire has been lit underneath her. Um, or, uh, um, or maybe I'm going to... So, you know well, I mean? <laughs> there's, a, there's a good connection, right? But no, I, I feel like she's standing out really as a, as a true superstar with how she's presenting herself, how she's talking, and how she's being in the ring um, in, a, in, a, in a way different than what I recall seeing her of in the past in WWE. And I know there's been a break, so maybe my maybe I'm just forgetting what, what Charlotte Flair is capable of. But I, I think that's been... Uh, a bright spot in in a, in a murky, uh, dark cloud. We talk about tag teams. I got excited about the idea of a Damian Priest ricochet tag team. I know that that's not the path that either of those guys are on. But that's kind of fun. Like you talk about, you know, why why not give those guys? And, and I think we know where the tag titles are going. We've mentioned that here a number of times for for the Raw side of things. But Damian Priest and Ricochet as a duo, if they chose to get behind tag teams, could be a fun. A fun group and then the other standout for me on raw just because i don't want to kill like kill the whole vibe and be ultra negative uh but i but i also will point out that what i dislike drew mcintyre and jinder mahal can't get over soon enough uh that's just i have no time in my there, life for that there again though there's a story they could have told there that would have been kind of interesting the whole 3mb thing they got fired they've come back they both became champions they reinvented themselves and jinder's mad that drew held him down afterwards or something. I mean, you could tell a story, but instead it's, and they haven't done as much story time with Drew lately, which is good. Finally, they figured out, I think even Drew knew that was terrible, but he was doing what he was told. Um, Cause you could see the look on his face sometimes when he did, it was like, this crap. Um, but it's over a sword and a motorcycle. And um, I mean, Drew almost stabbing a guy last week and what in the name of something. That was bananas, yeah. Um, the other, so my other highlight for Raw was Rhea versus Nia. I thought it was a really fun, tight match. And then when Nia gets busted open unintentionally, I think blood, anytime there's in a match, and I know there's a lot of opinion one way or the other about blood, intentional or unintentional, and the safety there. But that, I felt added to like the drama of the match. Um, it's interesting that that's how that works in pro wrestling. But like, if I cut myself shaving, like I don't come downstairs with like a spot, you know, tissue on my face. And my kids are like, oh my gosh, dad's busted open. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it doesn't work that way in real life, does it? Uh, no, I agree with you. Blood, blood, if it means something, can add a lot too. Or when it's unintentional like that, it kind of gives you that reminder of like, oh yeah, this may be predetermined, but it's not fake. That's always kind of the, the you know, when people ask me, why do you watch that crap? It's fake. Um, my first go-to is I always ask them what their favorite TV show is and say, oh, and that's real. Um, but, you know, I, I did a thing, a uh, trivia round on athlete nicknames uh, a week or two ago. And somebody said, now you didn't include any of your wrestlers in there, did you? And because they're not athletes. And I said, oh, slow down. I will tell you, I will argue with you that wrestlers absolutely are athletes. Is it a fair competition? No, of course not. It's predetermined. We know that. Okay, fine. Sorry if I just spoiled that for anybody who listened to this podcast. But um, call me later. We'll talk about Santa. But um <laughs> but they're athletes. Absolutely. And so I think when, when it happens kind of hard way like that, it adds to that realism of, Oh yeah. You, you know, don't sit here and think that they're just working with each other and everything's safe. Like 
things can happen, you know, an errant kick or a, or a whatever happened. I'm not sure how she got busted open. They didn't, they didn't really make that clear, nor should they have, because it wasn't part of the story. Um, I, I will say off of that too, I, I'm glad we're breaking Nia and Shayna up. I think, I think that's run its course, um, probably more than run its course. And for the love of goodness, book Shayna Baszler the way Shayna Baszler should get booked. They have done such a poor job with her on the main event, all in all, and the main roster, excuse me, all in all. She came in like a ball of fire when she did the whole vampire biting a Becky thing. Um, and I'm glad they didn't go down a vampire character route. I was a little concerned, actually, they were going to do that back then. But she's just fizzled, and I don't get it. Like, again, have her just killing some folks. And they'll do it for a week or two, and then they have her chase the 24-7 champion or get involved because Nia and Reginald were, you know, a thing for a little bit, or, or Reggie, as he now is um, called, and doing some creative stuff, I guess, with the 24-7 title. But I, I'm, I hope that Shayna gets a, a boost because I think the Raw Women's Division could use it um, outside of Rhea, Nikki, and and Charlotte, who I agree. Charlotte's been on fire lately. Um, I, you know, Nikki was good this week. I thought their their no-holds-barred match was good. I thought it was a nice, nice main event to the show. Um, but yeah, Charlotte's been on fire. I agree. And I loved that. I don't remember if it was this week or last week. Um, at some point here, probably it was this week because the Chicago crowd was kind of nuts. She was cutting a promo and they were doing the, we want Becky thing. And she made some comment about, well, Becky's back at home nursing a baby. I'm here, you know, selling out arenas or whatever. Um, and I like when, when crowds do take over. Um, with Chance and, and the Chicago crowd was kind of all over that one. We want Wyatt and CM Punk and, you know, all that. Um, ignoring it is one option, yes. Giving them something good to watch so they're not trying to take over the show would be another option. Or what Charlotte did where you just shut it down. You, you know, you basically tell everybody, cool, I'm moving on with what I'm doing. And I, I like if you're a talent who's confident enough on the mic, you have the ability to do that. And that's the right. other part of and the Charlie. point is, yeah, precisely. I'm sure there's a number of talent who, sadly, even though they think they are, you know, they're not ready to swim in those waters. Right. Well, and you can see when it throws people, too, sometimes, when those chants start. Um, you were going to mention Goldberg. I didn't want to steal that thunder from you. Yeah, should I? Um, how much I don't care about this title match, man. I, I liked... I, I will say I liked um, that they had Goldberg's kid in the front row and and that that played in, you know, MVP, um, you know, was kind of bad-mouthing him and whatever, and then Goldberg came and destroys MVP, spears him. Um, that was that was fine. I thought that was good. Um, crazy that I saw a side-by-side -side picture of the last time Goldberg had his kid in the ring, which was only like four years ago, because um, that was kind of the whole thing when he came back the first time was he wanted his kid to be able to see him wrestle. And I mean, that kid's grown up a lot in four years, but um, he didn't look at all like the same kid. But um, I, I thought that worked, but man, keep it, keep, keep that match short. And I'm sure they will at SummerSlam, but, and, and if there's even a thought in Vince McMahon's mind of taking the title off of Bobby Lashley and putting it on Goldberg, someone have the man committed now. What? And, it, it, and here's, the only, here's the only way I would let that, 
like go through is if the plan is to to make a moment and make a make someone new on the Monday following SummerSlam. That is, that would be the only way I'd be okay with it. There's no reason. I I, I vehemently speak to this because I said it a week ago. There's no reason Lashley should be losing the title yet. And and, right. and you and I both agree. When he and Roman both lose, eventually it needs to happen to someone who can really benefit by having the title transition to them. We know that's not how WWE works, sadly. So if they do pull the trigger and Goldberg does unseat Lashley, again, my thought would be you need to have – I'm going to make a name up. It's not going to be him, but Riddle. Riddle on Monday, even though that would be – Cool, but also not in the current lexicon of WWE structure. Riddle dethroning Goldberg, you know, on Monday. Right, and and it would have to be something other than Biggie cashes in after Bobby Lashley beats down Goldberg, you know, and so Biggie got lucky. Don't do that if you're going to do it. Don't do that. Um, and, and again, you and I kind of talked about this a little last week. Maybe that's another thing WWE has done well is that Lashley and, and Reigns both do feel like dominant champions and important that they are important as champions goldberg as challenger doesn't feel necessarily super important um cena on the other hand somehow has felt that 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 build has been much better than than goldberg but so there's an authenticity for me with john cena anything he says and does and there's not with goldberg and that's where the line is drawn you can hear Goldberg reading the lines in his head as he's saying them and and that's I mean Goldberg's never been a great promo but Good Lord, man, been around long enough. Like, at least become passable at it. Um, I mean, okay, you're not going to be The Rock. You're not going to be John Cena. You're not going to be Roman Reigns. Bobby Lashley's not the greatest promo in the world, but when he talks, you don't go, oh, wow, he's reading that. You know, or any, I mean, he's become passable at promos, and and then you have MVP to do more of the chitter-chatter um, kinds of things. So, uh, let's see anything else over the last two weeks on raw or smack or, or smackdown too. We haven't really talked smackdown. Yeah, I know we, 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 uh, we've thrown them under the, under the carpet for lack of a better term. So yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't watch the smackdown that came after money in the bank and that I didn't watch smackdown last Friday. I was surprised that Sasha Banks came back. I say the way, the way she yeah. Uh, so what surprised you about that? Um, well, again, having not watched it, I, I guess I don't know the context. I think like p- pairing her with Belair for that main event was, you know, worth doing. And then, you know, Sasha hitting the backstabber uh, after the match and then setting up what will likely be their SummerSlam match. Again, is the direction we thought they'd go and maybe not the mechanisms to get there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel I feel like I can't really comment on it with a, with a strong opinion one way or the other because I didn't watch it. I, that being said, I do intend to really make sure that I watch SmackDown this week because I feel like because I've had some wrestling fatigue with everything I've been watching and then trying to catch up, which is why I had like ditched watching stuff that we hadn't talked about between last recording and today, um, save for the new stuff that happened to air this week. Um, I feel like I owe it to SmackDown because it's been it's – been, right under NXT as my favorite WWE product. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> if you're going to punish yourself by watching three hours of Raw, at least watch two hours of SmackDown to right, yeah. feel a little better about it. Um, I, you know, I, I like that, that one of my struggles, I don't know if struggle is the right word, 
with the WrestleMania match, uh, not the match itself, but the build to the WrestleMania match between Belair and Banks, was it was hard to kind of, okay, who's the baby face? Who's the heel? Is there a baby face? Is there a heel? Now for SummerSlam, we got a heel. We got a baby face. We know who to cheer for. Um, and Sasha's so much better as a heel than a baby face anyways. Um, she just, I mean, her look, her attitude, her speaking style, everything just, she she comes across even though she may be the nicest person in real life I don't know um she can come across as a real you know uh-huh so um and and so I like that um and, and Belair is very likable so I, she she was good as a heel too back when she first came in in NXT but she she's become very likable on the on the main roster and so I think they're in the right roles I think the crowd was going to want to cheer for Belair anyways so certainly makes sense to do that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that match at SummerSlam because it ruled at WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, give me that again. Cool. I'm, I'm glad Sasha's back. Uh, we expected her back. We kind of thought this was where, as you said, where we were going, but, uh, sometimes where we think they're going and where they go are, are two different things. So it's nice to see that, that they did do what we thought here and, and it's something we're looking forward to. So I'm, I'm all in for Sasha and Belair. I know they haven't officially, and I don't think they've officially announced it. Um, but yeah, it's happening at SummerSlam. We know that. Um, so SmackDown, yeah, I think was was good. Apollo Cruz versus Shinsuke Nakamura seems to be where they're headed for the IC title. That could be really fun. Yeah, um, I you know give them a little bit of time. I'm okay with that. Um, and good thing that they followed up on Tony Storm's big win. Oh. Oh, wait, they didn't. That's right. Um, instead, they bring out Carmella and Zelina. That that was the one thing of that angle, and I know you didn't see it. But so you have Belair saying, you know, who's next kind of thing. And Carmella, who's lost two weeks in a row, comes out and says, well, I should get another shot. Well, why? You've been beaten two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And then Zelina Vega comes out, who hasn't won a match since she came back to WWE, and says, if anyone should get a shot, it should be me. And it's like, what? Uh, like, who's writing this crap? Like, don't say if anyone deserves a shot, it should be me. I mean, you could just say, you know, I'm Zelina Vega and I'm stepping to the head of the line. Okay, fine, whatever. She's a heel. But, <laughs> okay. And I know it was all just the mechanism to get Sasha to come back, you know, to help Belair first and then end up turning on her by the end of the night. And that's, I get the vehicle, but it was just funny to, like, have these two people who clearly have not earned any title shots at this point. Um, Tony Storm has more wins than either of those two lately. And um, Knox and, and Shotzi, even though that was in the tag team division, have been winning matches. And Liv Morgan. and But they're not heels, so I get it. Tony is. I think, to, well, I don't know. Tony Storm beats Zelina, so maybe Tony's not. A, see, they don't tell me. I don't know if Tony Storm's a heel on SmackDown or not, Tom. You get to decide, Jim. That's the benefit. Oh, it's a you choose my own adventure. <laughs> exactly. You get, to cheer, you get to cheer for who you want to cheer for, no matter how they present them to you. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned who's next in the for the women's SmackDown title, like that Bianca did that, because as a segue, that's what happened on NXT a couple weeks ago. We didn't talk about NXT when we last connected. Uh, and the big uh, angle uh, or story of, of many coming out of the july 27th episode was raquel gonzalez's next challenger and that 
we felt was coming for a long time. How did you, so Dakota Kai turns, that's the, that's the story, spoiler. Uh, but that's, so we, we, we felt like we thought that was going to eventually come to the surface and it did. How did you, how did you like that or not like that as it played out? I, I liked it. Um, I felt like it was pretty obvious. Um, especially when Dakota said like, as long as I'm by your side, nobody will get that title from you. And then Raquel turns her back and I'm like, all right, here it comes. Um, and, and sure enough, there it was. Uh, it makes sense. We're coming towards a takeover. So, you know, that match should happen on a takeover. It, it shouldn't be a Raquel Zylee on NXT on Tuesday kind of match. Um, Which we never talked about that. And that was kind of crazy because Raquel did that funky corner turnbuckle flying maneuver and like destroyed Zylee's sternum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kind of crazy. I uh, yeah, and and where does Tian Shaw go from here now? Um, that's that's the one problem when you just build him up and then just feed him to the champ. Like now what? Now what? Um, but but the Dakota turn, I even though I saw it coming again, predictable isn't bad if it's good, and I thought this worked. Um, and I and I think Dakota and Raquel are going to tear it down. Um, at takeover, I think it's going to be really good. I've I've liked Dakota Kai for a long time. I thought. Up until the heel turn, they kind of booked her really the whole like scaredy cat, cowardly baby face thing just never clicked for me. Um, since she's been a heel, I think she's been pretty darn good. Um, and Raquel, you and I have talked about, I I didn't want to like Raquel Gonzalez when she debuted um, because I hadn't been super impressed with her um, as Reina Gonzalez in the May Young. Talk about somebody who's grown leaps and bounds and become one of the better women in the world uh, at this point. So, and, and, and one of the things I think NXT in the women's division sometimes suffers from, they kind of go back and forth is sometimes their women's title matches at takeover. Don't have a ton of story behind them. Somebody won a contenders match. So therefore they get the title shot and you're like, well, it'll be a good match, but I don't know. I don't care about it a lot. This is going to even, Eve already does, and over the next couple of weeks until we get to take over, you can kind of tell this is going to have a good, you're going to care uh, when this match comes out. You're going to want to see how it plays out. 100%. And that, the video package from this past Tuesday with Dakota in the sit-down and then all of the clips, they sh they went back to the to the May Young when it was Reina Gonzalez. They didn't call her that, right? But they said, you know, Dakota was like, hey, I saw you here, and this was our journey but then this is where we are now. And I'm, I'm, I'm not selling it or, or doing it justice with that statement, but that's kind of the way it played out. Oh my word, if you weren't an ardent NXT follower and you didn't already care, that video package alone is pushing you. And then next Tuesday, Raquel's gonna actually respond. So like, again, we're building and we're telling the story as we go. How, what a novel idea. And, and you know, Raquel's gonna say something along the lines of all Dakota had to do was ask. But now because you didn't ask and you kicked me in the face, I'm going to ruin you kind of thing. I mean, you kind of know that's where it's headed and that's good. I love it. Like, and it's funny. Think about it, Tom, uh, in your house, you and I both said, just didn't feel like a takeover. Like it just, it felt like a really good weekly TV show, <laughs> weekly episode, but it didn't feel like a takeover. So, so far for this takeover officially announced, and I think we can see where some other things might be headed. You've got carrying cross versus a mojo for the NXT title, which even with as much as they're, just doing awful things on Raw with Cross. I think the booking on NXT for this has been really, really strong. 
Um, so if you can kind of ignore the raw stuff, which is hard to do, but apparently that's what they want us to do. Um, so we'll try. Um, I think the booking on NXT has been really strong for that. So you have Karen Cross versus Samojo. You have Walter versus Dragonoff, which I don't know if you ever saw their first match from NXT UK. I did. I did. Okay. Phenomenal. What? And now this know, will be in front of fans. So that's uh, right. take, take it up a notch, right? And and Dakota Kai and, and Raquel. Holy crap. Like, I'm already stoked for this takeover. We're only three matches in. We probably have two or three left. Um, well, that's the thing. They could probably easily give us three to four more and have a seven match card and it not be too much. But then, then you be, then you either go longer and you do a longer takeover, which is not the norm or matches get shorter time, which is also not a win. So totally agreed. And, and so if you had to round out the card with say two to three more matches, so if we do their normal five or six, um, what, what do you foresee those being? Yeah. So and for sure. I think Swerve Scott and Santos for the North American title would be something for sure. Uh, I I have to think that Cole and O'Reilly would be in the mix on something, but I don't see their match happening here, sadly. So then, so then I'll go to like a, a four way tag match with MSK, Imperium, and Hit Row and Legato. I think the Cole O'Reilly will. Um, I don't know if you've seen the reports, but um, it's been widely reported. Adam Cole's contract expired a month ago. I don't understand. I, I did see that. And I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how we live in a world where these guys and gals, for lack of a better term, not, not for lack of a better term, they are gals and they are guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, what would the better term be? <laughs> uh, Performers, maybe I don't know. That was me putting my foot right in my mouth uh, here on Two Spot Monkeys Live. New title for the show, guys or gals or something else. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> how how does an Adam Cole or the other name that's been kind of in the service in the last twenty four or forty eight hours before we recorded Pete Dunn? How did those talents' contracts come so close to not being renewed? What proactively? Well, and at Adam Cole's, from from what I heard, I think yesterday, like two days before it was going to expire, is when they realized. Now, the the connection has been drawn that that also is about the time Canyon Seaman was let go, and so perhaps he's the fall guy. I don't know. That seems to be the insinuation I was understanding. Maybe I'm wrong on what I insinuate, or you know, the insinuation, but. Um, Adam Cole, thankfully, is a loyal and and nice guy, and so he extended for a month, and his contract is up at after SummerSlam. So I think that's why I think we will get that there because I it's a little unsure right now if Adam Cole's going to stick around NXT. Um, I, I go both ways, and I, I you know a couple of our friends uh, on on the board that we're a part of have made comment that they don't think Adam Cole is that big of a a free agent. I, I, I just couldn't disagree with him more. Um, I agree. And I, you and I are on the same page. If you don't see Adam Cole, regardless of how they've presented him as a you don't think they presented him that I, I also, I don't agree with you either right now. I would say there's been with the pandemic and how things have gone. There's been a lot of like inconsistency in terms of his appearances, but like when he's appeared, it's been incredibly meaningful every right. single time. 
And I don't, I'd almost rather that than have totally meaningless, like, well, we got to get Adam Cole or anybody fill in the blank here. Not just Adam Cole. Well, we got to get him on the show this week. So we're going to do this thing that means nothing, but at least he showed up on the show. I'd rather have it mean something when they show up. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and that's and, and people can certainly have those, and that's fine that they have differing opinions. Great, um, but I just disagree. And I think the one thing that I think the AEW has to be a little careful to not just be every time WWE releases somebody good, AEW signs them up, and before long, it's all the former WWE guys who are all over AEW and the AEW originals, whatever that means, um, aren't. And, and so that could be, and, and we've already talked about the Adam Page thing, um, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more here when we talk AEW in a minute, but um, so they have to be a little careful there, but man, Adam Cole in New Japan, Adam Cole in Ring of Honor, Adam Cole in, in AEW, um, I don't think he's going to Impact or MLW or anything like that. I think Cole can get a, a contract with bigger companies than those, but uh, <laughs> I, I agree with you. It's just mind-blowing. Um especially Adam Cole. A, I think they presented him well. I think if they leave him in NXT, he's fine. He, as much as I'd love to see him on the main roster, I don't think Vince McMahon would have a clue what to do with Adam Cole. And I think he would be, you know, he'd have about a four or five week run of okay booking, and then he would be chasing the 24-7 title or something, or or on the cruiserweights or losing to Asher Hale. All you have to do is look at Karrion Cross. Right. All you, all you have to do. Adam Cole in stature is nowhere near Karrion Cross, And we know from the stories that have been told long and forever, Vince McMahon loves the big guys. That's not Adam Cole. He's a completely right. different skill set. He's awesome on the mic, awesome in the ring. And the size isn't an issue in the big picture. But in the WWE eyes, I think it would be. So he wouldn't even, sadly, get out of the gate. Right. I totally agree. So so if he can't go to the main roster, he's probably done about all he can on NXT. So I wouldn't mind a you know, a run in AEW or somewhere, but um yeah, Pete a- Dunn a- especially AEW when it, is gonna run out of spot spots in TV time pretty soon. They they even, are and I, even with I mean, rampage. Really need to look at. Yeah. Because because there are guys in AEW that I go, okay, if they left and, and Adam Cole came in, that'd be fine. But most of those guys that I say that about aren't on dynamite anyways. They're on dark. They're on elevation. They're on, you know. I you know, I'm not a big Joey Janela or Sonny Kiss guy or, you know, a number of other folks. But again, it's not like they're sitting on dynamite and Adam Cole's not coming to AEW and gonna work dark elevation every week. So um that's just not what's happening. Um and and the thing that is mind numbing about the Adam Cole thing is if you want to resign him, you should have been working on it a while back because you know he's hearing things about AEW. Cause who's his girlfriend? Like, you think she's not recruiting him a little bit? I mean, come on, you know, unless they don't want to work in the same place. You know, maybe some couples don't, you know, want to do that. I, I would understand that too. But they'd be able to spend more time together, all of those things. Like I can also see why in the wrestling world you would want to actually work in the same place as your significant other. Um and she's certainly been treated well in AEW, it appears. I mean, I, I don't know anything behind the scenes, but her booking lately has been really, really good. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's just mind-numbing. I don't know. The other matches that I could see, um, and some of these are going to end up being NXT main events on, on Tuesday nights, obviously, because this all can't end up on TakeOver. We'll have a nine-hour TakeOver, which 
maybe sign me up if this is what the card is. But um, I think we're going to get a Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae versus Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis match at some point. Uh, I think Kushida and Roderick Strong has to happen at some point. Um, in fact, Kushida agreed to it last week. So uh, at some point, obviously, that's coming as well. And and some form of Tommaso Ciampa, and this probably will be a TV more than a takeover, Ciampa and Thatcher against uh, Lorcan and Dunn and Rich Holland. Maybe they bring in a, a third for Ciampa and Thatcher. I don't know who that would be. Um, it doesn't appear that they're going to have Adam Cole discuss the fact that he got the tar kicked out of him by Rich Holland back in the day. Um, Wasn't that okay. after War Games? Because I mean, when, when when Ridge Holland showed up and returned, I was like, oh, cool, yeah, I forgot about him. And it's funny because I thought about him when we were doing our fantasy draft as a kind of like a stash and, 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 and sleep kind of kind of guy, but I had no idea of his timeline for returning. But I yeah, felt I like did. it was the end of 2020 when he got hurt with that leg injury. Does that sound yeah. right to you? I think so. It was definitely after a big main event of, and it might have been War Games, but Adam Cole's been in War Games, so that wouldn't make sense. I'd have to go back and look. Okay. Uh, again, our crackpot research team not working. There we go. Well. Hey, <laughs> if, if you know nothing's consistent if it's not for our great research. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> go. I think something like that happened. Yeah. Um, so I, NXT, I gotta say, I mean AEW is probably my favorite show to watch right now, but NXT is right there. Every well, week, I, it's right I, there. Yeah, right. I, it's worth we we have to throw out. Hit Row has been consistently fun to watch, and they're growing. Uh, if you would have said Tabdala, Tabdala and Ashanti Adonis as a team, like would have like grown on me, I'd have been like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. And they actually right, are. So the, I would say you weren't a fan of that team when it first started. Yeah, no, Tabdala and Ashanti especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the story that they're telling with Roddy chasing. Kushida, the Diamond Mine coming up. That's fun. Uh, what about the breakout tournament? Uh, and we yeah. never really talked about that. They they finally released the brackets, so and they're, they're promoting them when you see the matches happening. We're now down to the semifinals. So you have uh, the former Brendan Verk, who is now whatever his name is. Drake, uh, Dirt, Duke Hudson. Let's call him Drake Hudson. So Duke Hudson versus Carmelo Hayes on one side, yeah. and then Trey Baxter and Odyssey Jones on the other side. I was really disappointed that Odyssey Jones won. I, not that he doesn't seem to have a lot of potential, but the former Bravado brother, Andre Chase, I really was high on his potential. And and, and I'm sure that things will come out of, of you know, they're going to get more chances than just being in the breakout tournament. But I think I would have preferred a Trey Baxter, Andre Chase match versus Trey Baxter, Odyssey Jones. Yeah, I, it, both of these semifinals are weird to me. Like you, both of them are smaller guys versus bigger guys. Which is okay, David versus Goliath. I mean, it all works, but I, they're just both weird matchups. I, I'll be stunned if we don't get Carmelo Hayes and Trey Baxter in the finals. Um, I don't know how Trey Baxter beats Odyssey Jones, to be perfectly honest. And, and part of me thinks Jones could go to the finals, but I, I, the finals I think also might be happening at Takeover as well. I feel like I've heard that. Um, so there's another match for Takeover. Car Carmelo Hayes, the former Christian Casanova, and Trey Baxter, the former Blake Christian, I think probably have had some matches. Again, crackpot research team. Um, but I feel like they were in the same areas, um, so they probably have worked together, which would be great. 
And just from what I've seen from each of them, I think those two could have a banger of a match together. Yeah, selfishly, I hope that's the final. I yeah, really yeah totally agreed. And and Hudson looked fine. Brendan Verk, uh, the the former Brendan Vink, Brendan Vink, that was his name, never. Um, he looked fine, and he's got good size, and you know probably he'll do something. And again, Jones, I agree with you, has a lot of potential. Um, I kind of wish since he his outfit and 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 all of that kind of reminds me of Mark Henry. I kind of wish he didn't use the world's strongest slam as his final, as his final, as his finisher. <laughs> uh, his final. He hit his final. <laughs> Finale. Finish him. Fatality. Anyways, um, but that's just that's minor. Um, but yeah, uh, Baxter and, and, Cas- and Casanova, uh, Hayes, uh, I think would be a phenomenal final. So, um, I, I don't kind think, think Carmelo Hayes wins it, but I, I won't, you know, these are hard to predict. What? And that's the thing, if that's the final, it, it, to me, you flip a coin and you're not going to go wrong with either guy. I, you may have seen, I'm sure you did see, I'm picking up Trey Baxter in our fantasy league. I don't think it's going to be blocked in the next couple of hours. So I'm putting, I'm, that's the horse I'm attaching my girdle to or saddle, whatever the analogy would be. Um, one, one thing I want to mention to you, I don't know if you've ever heard this or seen this, and I hope I'm not making this up. I hope I actually did read this. Um, I feel like Gabe Sapolsky, who's part of NXT Creative now, former Ring of Honor Evolved, Dragon Gate USA Creative, um, was very high on Brendan Vink. And Brendan Vink was in the early pre-Thunderdome pandemic era he actually was on raw for a bit i think he was doing a, a tag or he was aligning with someone and then things were changing week by week as we all know mvp was uh just before the hurt business formed mvp was managing him and uh shane thorne okay so i want to say i read something and i don't know the source so if i'm making this up and you're listening and you're like dude you're way out in left field i fully acknowledge that may be the case i'm pretty sure gabe sapolsky said at one point if evolve had continued that Brendan Vink and the talent exchange that was going on between NXT and Evolve, he was going to win the championship. I I think I do remember hearing that. And Vink was worked some Evolve shows, I know. Yeah. Um, and I know he was – I remember reading that Sapolsky was was feeling like he wanted to get behind Brendan Vink. Um, now, Duke Hudson. Um, I, don't, I don't know why they changed his name. That's just silly to me. But when you'd already had him on Raw and, and NXT and, you know, my assumption is Duke Hudson and they've copyrighted and Brendan Vink, if that's his real name, you know, they hadn't been able to copyright. So they probably just wanted to own his name. But um, yeah, I, I do think I saw, I do think I remember reading that as well. We'll have to ask our crackpot research team, maybe if they can look that up by next week, but um, it's not likely folks. So don't expect to follow up on this, but, uh, <laughs> but I do think I remember that. And so there again, would I be totally stunned if it's Duke Hudson and Odyssey Jones in the finals of the breakout tournament? No. Would I be rather, super disappointed? Yeah. I'd rather, yeah. If it's going to go Duke Hudson on the left side of the bracket, uh, then I hope it's it's uh, Trey Baxter on the other. I was about to call him Blake Christian. Well, you have a vested interest in Trey Baxter winning some well, matches. No, I do. But I, I, th- I think matchup wise, though, I think, I, think, I think Duke Hudson, Odyssey Jones is the least favorable end. And 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 scenario, not that I'm saying Odyssey Jones versus Carmelo Hayes would be either, but it seems like Odyssey Jones has some athletic kind of prowess. Mm-hmm. So uh, who knows? Again, that's that's the point of this breakout tournament is to get exposure to guys that are pretty new to us for black. Right. 
And, and we were a little, I think both of us were a little like, meh, when they announced the tournament. It's been pretty good so far. I can't say it's like blown away in my favorite thing. Oh my gosh, you know, I can't wait for the breakout tournament match this week. But there's been nothing offensive in it. I mean, there's been nothing that I've been like, why did they put that guy in it? Um, it it's been fine. I like that term, offensive. I'm so offended. <laughs> right. It is 2021. Um, anything else on NXT, Tom? No. I Yeah. I, I feel like they were they were really escalating for a number of weeks, and we were naming that here. And I feel like I – don't, I don't think they've plateaued per se, but they're pretty much in a groove, and it's not been the same level. But I think that's okay. I think, I think it, whether intentional or not, it's okay that, that we're getting brought down a bit because I think – I, I and, I, and I, more than I think, I believe that takeover really is going to like knock our socks off. So that's going to be important. Yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to the build to the last couple of weeks here to get that fleshed out. And and that's all right. Well, let's talk AEW Homecoming. We were up to date last week on AEW, so we've just got this past week's show, um, which was a strong show. I thought yet again, I maybe not quite at the level of some of the last shows, but you know. It worked. Uh, Jericho uh, and Hoovy. So what do you think of Hoovy? As your dog makes its return to uh, two spot monkeys. That's actually not even my dog. That's my that's my very, very, very nice, nice air quotes neighbor's dog. Hoobie. Oh, your favorite neighbors. I remember them. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's that's a special moment for for our listeners and for me every day of my life. Um, well, so before I talk about Hoovy and Jericho, which it was what it was. It definitely, after you do Nick Gage and Jericho, which was a spectacle, this fell short. It was fun. It was a novelty. It was a great throwback. And now that they've revealed the remaining labors, and, and they confirmed for us what we didn't know to be true, MJF is confirmed as the fifth labor. Um, they did They did say that on commentary. So we were wondering if that was or wasn't the case. I kind of wish it wasn't the case. I kind of wish Jericho had to get through five and then he earned MJF. Um, I, I digress. Uh, you know, it, it was fine. It was fine. It was a little sloppy. Hoovy was a little pudgy, but I'm sure I am too. So, you know. Yeah, I, it, I agree. It was fine. Um, again, just think it was placed wrong. Um, the Nick Gage match should have been the should have been the fourth, I guess, then labor in this case. I, you know, Wardlow with MJF in his in his corner at ringside. I don't know. It doesn't feel special. I, uh, I thought that MJF was saying he was the referee in, in the way that that mic work was going, which would have been like one more thing because it would have been how will MJF count Wardlow out? Like something really funky is going to happen. It, the fact that that's not the case, he's just in Wardlow's corner, m- makes it a little bit easier to to do creative around that. Right. And I, I would have preferred MJF as the referee actually. Um, and, and I agree the way that MJF for as great as MJF usually is on the mic, the way he worded that was a little funky there. Um, and I don't know if he stumbled over words or just what happened, but um, you know, it, it, it wasn't clear to me either until they ran down the card at the end of the show. And then I was like, Oh, Okay. Um, So I guess I'm just not like, I feel like I should be really excited about this is the last match. If Jericho gets through this, he gets MJF. And I'm like, okay, he's going to beat Wardlow. And then he gets MJF. Um, 
Well, where, and it's one of those things where I feel like I started jumping on your thought there. I feel like that Warlow is going to have to get DQ'd because of the punishment he wants to get to Jericho to make him almost incapacitated before MJF. Like that, that would be really smart storytelling if that's the way they go. If Jericho pins Warlow, I'm not going to be a really big fan of that because Warlow's he's not not that he's not lost, but I think he's someone that you want to protect still. Right. And and if. I guess my other thing is, okay, so the the labor is this week. I mean, that still gives us, like, what, two or three weeks until All Out, which is where you assume the MJF match happens. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but you assume that's where it would happen. It makes sense. Well, so I was thinking about this after watching Homecoming, and I feel like they're going to do the fifth labor on that, uh, the first dance Homecoming, even though it's, or I'm sorry, the fifth, first dance Rampage. I feel like that is a match that not that they need to sell it out because they clearly don't, but I, I don't did. know. I, yeah. Right. That, that in my, in, in my kind of like armchair booking ideas, that's kind of what I thought, you know, how do you, how do you make that one hour TV go to the next level? It's the fifth labor. And that, and that could very well, that would be a good place for it. Then maybe that you do something else at all out. Um, maybe maybe you have the final all um, if there's going to be one more inner circle pinnacle team versus team gunshot wins the match match or whatever in the world you have to do to blow this thing off. Um, I don't know where you go after Stadium Stampede and, and uh, whatever they call war games. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about AEW centralized on on homecoming, but I want to come back to that rampage in Chicago. If this is where that match takes place, because they've already stated that Darby Allen is gonna challenge the best in the world, and the rumors can run rampant about whom that might be. I mean, if that's a two match show and you've got MJF and Jericho and Darby Allen versus whomever that other talent might be, and clearly, if you're saying it's the best in the world. You're teasing people because if you're an ardent wrestling follower, I've used we're ardent more than more times on this podcast than I have in our history. Um, you, some people are going to come in with high expectations. I, at this point, if they don't have CM Punk signed, and I'll just name it, they're insane because that crowd will eat them alive. <laughs> like, look at what they just did to Raw. Um, the minute they go live on TNT on, on that Friday night on the 20th in, in just two weeks from tonight, that crowd is going to be chanting CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. They and they're are. going to all flip a night long. I don't care if you put Kenny Omega and Okada in the middle of that ring. They're going to chant CM Punk all night long. It feels like it would be a show ender. You know, all of a sudden Punk walks out. I'd open the show with it. Just get it out of the way because then whatever you want to do the rest of the show, you might actually accomplish. Well, um, has that, that energy level is going to be unmatched. They're going to be on fire for that entire. Yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I, I, I did say this, but I, I feel like I should confirm rampage is just a one hour show. Yes. It is a one hour show. You are correct. Okay. Um, I don't know if they get any sort of overrun. So if it might be one hour and five or anything like that, but it is a one hour show. It will not be live every week, although at least the first two weeks are live. Um, I kind of think that on the 20th, I haven't heard them announce anything for the 27th. So I kind of feel like they're probably going to tape the 27th on the 20th. Yeah. Yep. I would agree um, with you. 
would agree with you. Be interesting because here herein lies the problem of this two show thing. If you're not live every week and no and don't have a brand split, you know, like like Raw and SmackDown. So if you tape Rampage for the 27th, one of two things: either you're going to spoil something that's going to happen on the the uh, Milwaukee Dynamite coming up, which I doubt, or your Rampage isn't going to be as important on the 27th, and it's going to be kind of like some of those Friday Night Dynamites were, where they're it's fine, but does it massively move anything forward? Probably not. And if in week three you're already doing that, I, I'm just afraid that Rampage is going to become Thunder, um, and that. You're going to have Dynamite is super important and everything happens. And then you have Rampage where there's matches and a little bit of storyline happens, but nothing as far as the massive storylines. Yeah, it seems like Christian Cage is getting a shot at Omega. And it seems like Rampage might be the spot for that match to happen. Not that it's not worthy of a Dynamite. I definitely don't think it's worthy of All Out. Nothing against Christian Cage. I, I just, think it could be All Out. I think it could be. I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't like, I, you know, okay, we skewer, we skewer WWE, but, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but I, I'm still not 100% convinced that Adam Page isn't getting the shot because the story they were telling again this week could get him there. But now I'm starting to think Adam Page is going to end up fighting Colt Cabana all out or something. I don't know. Um, well, how many times does he have to tell the Dark Order he doesn't want to be with them? Like, he told me he wasn't, and then, like, he slowly come back into the fold. And now here he is again. Guys, we're cool, but I don't I don't, I don't want you. Like, golly, like, what a, like, how, when do you know? Uno and Grayson holding back the rest of the Dark Order. That was, is there going to be infighting within the Dark Order, right? Yeah. yeah, I know. That was interesting. You know, or shortly when, you know, before November, um, is there a new leader of the Dark Order coming? Hmm. The Dark Order said they didn't need, they probably would never have a leader again because of, of course, Brody Lee and, and his passing. If any one person could come in and be the new leader of the Dark Order and pay homage to Brody Lee in doing so, it's Wyndham Rotundo slash Bray Wyatt. Yeah. That would be the only person, like, I, I, I don't want them to have another leader he'd be the only one I could potentially accept because they would do it. I'm sure he would ensure that it was done in such a way that honored Brody Lee. It didn't just diminish or push it to the side or whatever. He'd be the one guy. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I will, you know, may, in some ways if they bring him in, I, I don't necessarily want that. I don't want him to be with the dark order, but you're also going to at some point have to have them cross paths. There's going to have to be some sort of, they try to recruit him and he turns them down, whatever. Um, you're not going to be able to ignore that connection either. Yeah. yeah. So, Can I tell you my least favorite moment in wrestling this year, which happened on AEW homecoming? Wow. Yes. And it's only because it made my skin like, like curl. Uh, the, the, the image capture of cash Wheeler's arm getting hooked Yes. Uh, I don't. I, I appreciate the authenticity. I appreciate the severity. I appreciate the. Um, I ho- again, I hope that he's well and hope that he heals 100. But that was scary and that was gross. And I can handle blood and stuff like that most times. That was something I didn't need to see. So uh, never, never again, AEW. Please uh, save that stuff for like you know. I I wanted Outlaw Ron Bass, uh, Brutus Beefcake with the with the X over the screen. Versus yeah, I, I, yep. yeah. I, I did like that uh, uh, Dax Harwood said 
they need one more match. Um, and, and so we're building again to another FTR and, and proud and powerful match. Sign me up. Hope it happens at all out. I hope there's not a pinnacle versus inner circle 10 man thing. I'd rather to see FDR and, and Santana on our on that show. Um, so g- give them 20 minutes and let them go. Um, that'd be awesome to me. Um, who, who do you think they're building for the young bucks? Cause they were definitely playing up the young bucks. There's nobody left for them. Yeah. I'm glad you asked because that, that, that got my head spinning about who's a tag team potentially out there that could come in. And I honestly don't know. I, 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 I haven't spent tons of time thinking about it, but it definitely piqued my interest for them to say that you don't say something like that. If you don't think you have a way to pay it off, but there's, I have no idea who there's only one, two teams, maybe one. If you split the good brothers off, as much as I want to see that match someday, I don't. It feels lazy right now to do it. The only other one that makes some sense to me would be the Gorillas of Destiny, and you play off the Bullet Club past and and all of that. And you know, um, I mean, Tomatonga can cut a promo with anybody, so that would be fun. Put that, put a live mic in that guy's hand. Um, that's that's the only one that I was like, I don't know the way that New Japan and AEW have been working together. I could I could potentially see that. Um, although I don't, see, I don't see the gorillas being announced for the resurgence USA event on the 14th, do you, I don't you believe at this point either. No, okay. um, and I, and I don't know, you know, we haven't gotten the G1 um List. participants yet, so I don't know whether you know if they're going to be over there and, and if Tom is working the G1 or, or both of them even work the G1, um, then obviously it probably wouldn't, um, but. I, yeah, and and who knows with the way the Delta variant is is upping and and some things are rolling back. I mean, travel might get tough again. It was just finally starting to get a little better. Who knows? Um, again, we don't want to get into that. Um, other than be safe, be smart, and help us get out of this, folks. There's my political PSA. Um, there was a great tweet from Rich Eisen just just about the you know about vaccination status or, or, or your choice to cl- disclose or not disclose or get it or not get it. And anyway, it's, if, if you haven't seen that on Twitter, whether you or anyone listening, it's just worth seeing. Cause there's just a little bit of, it's, it's, it's a little bit of commentary as well. It's very brief, but, and again, I know that this is a divisive topic. We don't need to get into that, but I thought it was, it was, it was well stated what he, what he put. I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen that. So, um, my, my I'm guess. a big Rich Eisen guy, not only for the NFL, but he's a Michigan guy too. So go blue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I'll leave that alone on Wisconsin. But um, yeah, I, I just don't, I'm curious. Like you said, they don't you don't say that unless you've got a plan um, or they're insane again. But um, and, and maybe it's a bit of both because right. I mean I feel like they they're playing with house money all the time no matter what they're doing. And that's not to say that they're not thoughtful and creative because I know that they are as well. I don't know. I think the next 30 days in AEW, so we're recording this today, it's August the 6th, uh, by September the 6th of, which is I think right around the time that we're getting all out, if it's not exactly. um, Yeah, all Uh, out is the fifth. All all out is the fifth. So in the next 30 days, AEW is going to be not that they aren't already for me destination viewing. Um, oh, so 
crazy. And, yeah. and I have to say, uh, before we get to the main event, because I think we definitely want to chat about that main event from Homecoming, um, quick aside uh, from the match just before the main event, Layla Hirsch, like her a lot. Um, I knew she was not a large competitor, but when you put Camille next to her, and Camille had like six inch heels on, so that you know, Camille's not a short woman to begin with, um, from what I've seen, you know, and she stand next to Nick Aldis and NWA and those sorts of things. Um, but then you throw six inch heels on her, and I'm sure they did that partially for that visual. Um, or maybe she just chose to wear those shoes that night, I don't know, but um, it definitely added to the visual because Layla Hirsch looks like she's about two years old standing next to Camille. Uh, and and I have to admit, I will not end up watching the NWA 73 show nor Empower, most likely. Um, but that face-off made me at least go, how would Hirsch beat Camille? Like, that would be interesting to watch. So it probably won't make me buy, buy the shows, but um, it, it made me interested. In, and I have to admit, if you would have asked me if Hirsch was going to beat the money, I probably would have said no. Um, I would have guessed the Bunny would have won that match with some help from the Hardy family organization, most likely, or Hardy family office, whatever they're calling themselves. Um, so I liked that Hirsch won. And like I said, that visual, of, and, and I thought it was cool to see Camille um, on on AEW TV as well. I've seen a little bit of her in, N- in NWA and, and have followed her on Twitter and those kinds of things. And she's always impressed me. There's something, she's got, she's got an it factor to her. Um, so I, I'd love to see her get a shot at uh, at wrestling for AEW as well. Um, the Layla Hirsch uh, like springboard moonsault. Uh, it really looked like she didn't mean to miss as much as she did, even though they called that a missed move. Uh, what did you think when you saw that play out? Yeah, it, it's just yeah, because she 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 hit arguably a finishing maneuver before that. And that's what I don't understand. Sometimes you hit moves that should finish, and then then you have to go hit another move that doesn't work. And why? Why do we do that? Why? Yeah. Um, Layla Hirsch, uh, and, and we'll get to this in a minute because um, we want to talk about that main event. She reminded me actually standing there of the Dominic Mysterio two thousand five figure. <laughs> like that was what was in my head. <laughs> the great out rendering of Dominic two thousand five. That's uh, amazing and, and hilarious. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the main. And, and like I said, I like Hirsch from what I what, when I've seen her work. Um, I I think she's got a lot to her. I think she is. Uh, she also reminds me a little bit. And I think it's the double arm bicep pose. Um, she gives me a little bit of a Jordan Grace vibe as well um, because they're they're kind of smaller. They're but they're powerful. Um, they may be shorter, but they're they're powerhouses. So that. Um, hopefully that's not your neighbor's dog. There's someone at the house, but I'm not sure who. So hang on. We're not expecting anybody today. So I apologize for all this awesome interjection on the live podcast. <laughs> the live podcast. It's all good. Well, I'll start talking about the main event. How about that, Tom? And uh, and we'll, we'll loop you in here um, as soon as things settle down at the Casa de Bobo. Yeah, um, give, give me one second just to go address this. So I apologize. Set the table for the main event and catch me up when I jump right back on. Absolutely. So the main event, of course, was Malachi Black in his AEW debut, uh, in-ring debut, I should say, against Cody Rhodes. Um, not a super long match, but a, an intense 
uh, I don't know, eight or nine, 10 minute match. I, again, crackpot research team. We Someday we're going to get a research team here on two spot monkeys and, uh, and pull these data points before we get to, uh, to our conversations, but uh, not a real long match. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that it was, I thought it was the right call to put Malachi black over clean on uh, Cody. And then uh, afterwards we get into the Cody Rhodes uh, retirement uh, angle. Apparently it looked like we were headed towards. And then Malachi black comes back out, smacks him with a crutch. I, I, I'll be honest. And we'll talk about this when Thomas back too, but uh, I don't know. Cody sold the crutch shot. Like he got knocked out with it when it only hit him in the back. It was, that part was a little weird to me. But uh, Malachi holds the the boot, and to me, I'm thinking we're probably not done with Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes uh, moving forward. I still think that's probably the all-out match. I'm kind of wondering if they're going to do a a career kind of thing, like if Malachi Black uh, wins, then Cody Rhodes is done, which unless Cody Rhodes really is looking to hang up the boots, I kind of hope they don't do, uh, because I think it's it's a little bit... uh, uh, too predictable unless, unlike I said, unless Cody Rhodes really wants to hang up the boots and uh, not be an in-ring worker anymore and just work on the office stuff does have a newborn child. So, you know, maybe there is some things going on there where, where he doesn't want to be on the road as much. Although something tells me even as an EVP, he'd be on the road every week with AEW. So I'm not really sure there, which way we're going uh, with the Malachi black and Cody Rhodes situation towards all out. But I am, uh, I'm looking forward to where it's going to be. So uh, I think all out actually, and I'm just going to kind of keep talking here. Tom's still dealing with uh, the uh, unknown visitor that has shown up at his home. Uh, but uh, I think all out is shaping out, shaping up to be an interesting card, but I can't quite put my finger on everything yet. As we've been talking about the Adam page situation, whether Adam page is really getting that title shot, which it sure seemed like he was at one point. And now, now it appears maybe he won't, and maybe it's Christian Cage, maybe it's CM Punk, maybe it's um, even Daniel Bryan, somebody like that. Who knows? Um, I I don't know what they're doing with the world title shot, and I think until they flesh that out, it's hard to totally put together the rest of the card. I have no idea who would face Miro uh, for the TNT title at this point, uh, the tag titles like we talked about. So it's really hard to kind of flesh out where they're going with this. Uh, I think for all out on the women's side, I would go with Britt Baker defending against Thunder Rosa. Uh, I think you can build that pretty easily and they've had some really great matches in the past. So I don't, I don't think that's too hard to think where we might go there. Uh, Tom is still off camera right now uh, dealing with some things. So I will say, so let's throw out this plug. Uh, One thing that I wanted to put out there as well anyways, is if there's something you want Tom and I to discuss on this show, uh, drop us a comment on YouTube or shoot us an email at twospotmonkeys at gmail.com and let us know, hit us either one of us up on Facebook if you want. But if there's some sort of thing you want us to talk about on Two Spot Monkeys, uh, we'd sure love to hear about it. Head to head obviously takes up a lot of our time on some of these shows, but then we have weeks like this where we've got a little more time to uh, talk about things. So, Tom, I've just been doing some cheap shilling there as well uh, after I talked about the main event for a little bit. Tom is back with us. Uh, Everything good, Tom? Uh, Friendly visitor that you brought you a pizza, I hope? No, actually, it's more roofing material. So we didn't talk about this online, but I'm getting or on air. We talked about it before we recorded. I was supposed to have a roof installed this week. And that job has been delayed day by day by day. And then I was told last night it's going to happen on Monday. Well, 
someone showing up to deliver more material right now at <laughs> mid-morning on Friday. So I had to move a vehicle out of the driveway. Ah, okay. Among other things. And this guy can barely back a trailer into my driveway. So anyway, sorry for that. Uh, listeners, sorry for abandoning Jim and, and having him go solo. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want you to restate what you said about the main event, but it, can, you, can you summarize? Just yeah, I, 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 thought it was a, I thought it was an intense match, uh, kind of shorter maybe than I thought it might be. And uh, I thought it was the right move, though, to put Malachi Black over clean. Um, but then kind of talked a little bit about the angle afterwards where Cody seemed to be retiring. And then, of course, Malachi Black came back. I thought that the crutch shot was a little bit – I mean, it was a good crutch shot, but Cody sold it like he got knocked out. Um, and I thought it, that was – It was a, little, a tiny crutch, too. It, it wasn't a real – yeah. Which I also didn't understand here, – here, and I didn't say this before. Cody Rhodes got kicked in the face, knocked out. Why did they bring him a crutch? <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. Like like I the I I like how it ended, and I like that the issue isn't going away. The fact that Cody bounced back bounced back for lack of a better term and got his faculties about himself and started to kind of make that like retirement speech and unlacing or unvelcroing the boots. I was like, oh, I don't know that I like how this is unfolding you know like and again i thought the match was was fine for what it was uh it definitely made malachi black look incredibly strong but i didn't think he needed to have tony shivani go to the ring and cody do what he did and and that yeah. was weird going to because that's not like it's not the ufc where joe rogan always goes to the ring after the match you know if tony shivani was always going to the ring and he didn't even try to interview the winner which was also weird um, normally you would think he would try to get a word with Malachi Black. And of course I would expect Malachi Black to blow him off, but he didn't even try. He just went, Hey Cody, how you doing, bud? You doing all right? Um, that was a little, a little awkward. Do you think uh, one of the things I said, while you were, were dealing with the riffing guy, um, I fear that we might be headed towards all, all out being Malachi Black and Cody, which that doesn't upset me at all. I, you and I predicted that from day one when, when he attacked Arn and Cody, do you think we're headed towards a career stipulation at All Out that if Malachi Black beats him, Cody Rhodes retires? It's, it, it seemed to me like Malachi Black didn't want Cody Rhodes to retire. I, I, I'm going to be really, really interested in the follow-up because, of course, he picked up his boot and he was holding it. And then he was, right. without, without, without audio, he mouthed some things, whatever that was. Um, I, I would love to say, like, Malachi Black wants to punish Cody. And, like, so he, was, he like, refuses to let him retire. Right, and there's going to be a time in a place where you know some guys just call it a career, and I don't think we're here in reality for Cody, no matter what. So it's all angle. But how do they like? How do they then embed what happened post match Wednesday with the storyline moving forward? Yeah, I I hope it's not. I uh, and that was what I said was I hope it's not a career kind of thing unless Cody really is hanging up the boots. Um, he does have a newborn at home. I had mentioned that. And, you know, so maybe things are changing in that realm for him. But I, I think the worst thing they could do is make it if Malachi Black wins, Cody Rhodes is done. And then Cody beats Mal Malachi Black. Malachi Black should beat Cody Rhodes again at All Out. Mm -hmm. Period. Oh, yeah. End of um, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. That should be the finish if that's what they're doing it at All Out. It sure seems like they will. I, again, here, 
We knew Malachi Black was going to, he had to win this match. It's his AEW in-ring debut, all of those kinds of things. He had to win this match. Predictable is not bad if it's good. Because then they did the not as predictable thing at the end of the show. And I admit, I happened to, oh, I had looked away before Malachi Black hit um, Black Mass or whatever they're going to call that kick. Um, And then all of a sudden I hear one, two, three, and Excalibur or somebody, oh, and remind me, I want to say one more thing about Excalibur. Um, Excalibur, somebody said it was like he got hit with a right hand you know, that it knocked him out. So then I thought actually that he had knocked him out with the right hand. So I rewound for a minute and, and rewatched it and saw, no, it was the kick. And at that point I realized there was still like seven or eight minutes left in the show. And I was like, okay, angle time. What's what, what's happening now? Um, obviously know where it went, but uh, so I knew something was coming just because I happened to have seen the counter and, and knew what, t- what time frame I was at. But uh yeah, I, I I thought it was fine. I will say, um, not to segue into our next segment, because I want to say Excalibur thing, but um, the mask that Malachi Black had on when he first came out, I can't wait until Jazzwares puts that on a figure. I'm buying that thing. Holy smokes, that was cool. Um, that was a cool look. I, I think he'd had a few masks like that, somewhat similar as Aleister Black um, in his previous world, but... Maybe not. Maybe I'm making that up, too. Well, um, and funny story, because I know we're going to segue into figure talk. I remember very vividly being like, Aleister Black was like super high on my radar for WWE, and that elite figure comes out, and I'm just like, eh, it's just Aleister Black. And then he gets released, and he has now this renewed life. And I'm like, that figure is cool again. How ironic, right? Like, like I didn't think the figure was like must-buy two months ago. And now all of a sudden, like, if I see it on the shelf, I'm like, I'm definitely getting it. Like, <laughs> well, I, I can tell you the one, if you're talking about his first one was, oh, was good. I don't have that one. But the second one they released where it has the jacket from WrestleMania with the big horns. Yes. That one I have. And that one's awesome. Very, yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, Excalibur, real quick thing. So they announced that the, the announcing team for Rampage will be Excalibur, Taz, Chris Jericho, and Mark Henry, which first of all, I hope it's not all four of them all the time. Cause that's just a lot of people talking. But Excalibur then made a comment of thanking Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. It almost sounded to me like Excalibur might not be on Dynamite anymore. Like, it almost sounded like he was saying goodbye when he... Did you catch that? That's not how it landed for me. But, okay. I, but, I, but, I, but I understand your point of view. So I hope that's not the case. If that is the case... Right. Me too. Oh, no. no. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, Jim, Jim Ross sounds like he hates what he's watching half the time. That's, I mean... Uh, and and aside from the like creepy old man vibes every time there's a pretty woman on screen um but yeah i mean he just he, he's he dogs on the referees like, my goodness he dogs on the referees and i get it at some level but like jim you dogging on him isn't going to change anything so uh, you know go go yell at tony khan he's the one booking it that way um i i hope that's not true because man if it's just jim and tony on wednesdays Oh, that's a step backwards. Excalibur holds that thing together on Wednesdays. For sure. Uh, you know, I don't, <laughs> I, like I said, I hope it's not four in the booth every week on Rampage. I think, and if it is, I think they'll quickly come up with some other idea because Excalibur with any one or two of those three people, I'm good with. I think Mark Henry on commentary would be interesting to listen to. I, you know, I don't know that he ever really has done commentary before. So, um, I know he does the the busted open radio, which is you know like what you and I do here. But 
um, commentary is a whole different animal, um, even if it's just color and adding analysis. So I, I think it'll be interesting to hear him. Jericho, we know, is good. And I mean, if you just put Excalibur and Taz together, I think that's actually the best broadcasting option they have in AEW. Um, I think those two together would be just, that would be fine. I don't even need the other guys. Just give me Taz and Excalibur. I, I hope I'm wrong then on how I how I heard that. He just, something in what he said, I was like, gosh, I hope he's not saying he's leaving Dynamite. That would be a big mistake. Well, we'll know before too long one way or the other, I think. Week from tonight. I'm, I I think next Friday I'm actually free. So I'm, I am planning to watch the debut of Rampage live as it happens. So uh, the 20th, I won't see live. Although last week, I think off uh, or Sunday off uh, recording, I said to you that I wasn't going to be able to watch it because I thought I was going to be staying with my in-laws at that point. Um, and that's not the case. That's actually in over Labor Day weekend. So I will be in a hotel that weekend, however, and have my Roku with me so I can probably later on that Friday evening watch it. And Katie will love getting to watch that for an hour. Uh, <laughs> that's when you say, hey, go take a nice bath. That's <laughs> right. I brought you a bath bomb. Wasn't I sweet? <laughs> it needs to last. 60 minutes. <laughs> right. Or at least 47, because I can fast forward through commercials. Uh, well, let's finish up. We've gone uh, almost an hour and a half here already, but uh, and I don't think this will be a hugely long conversation. We just wanted to touch on the Mattel reveals uh, from San Diego Comic-Con and kind of some of our favorites. Uh, we each jotted down without talking about it together at all. Um, so we may have some of the same figures. We may not have some of the same figures. Uh, but we each jotted down uh, about five or so. Um do we want to go back and forth one one, or do we yeah, just let's go, let's go back and forth? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your first one, Tom? That you uh, so yeah, mine is in no specific order because I was literally just going well. through and and just writing down um, the Jake Roberts. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a Jake Roberts Elite, uh, and it, it, he has the gear. On. It, it, there's a variant. There's two different ones, but yep. there's a there, there's he has the the gear on from. Uh, the the cobra bite with macho man the black and gold and red uh that that jake roberts stood out to me big time uh it looked really awesome yeah and the variant is from the spin the wheel make the deal match with sting oh. uh which is gray and, and not um not as impressive to me um but but the other one i agree the 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 outfit really popped and it's amazing to me that whatever deals they have signed wherever mattel can continue to make jake roberts figures um I, I don't know how that all works together, but apparently it does. Uh, the first one for me was actually the only one uh, that I immediately pre-ordered, and, and a lot of what they shown isn't up for pre-order yet. Um, but I'll just throw it out there. The ringside exclusive Tommaso Ciampa uh, in his Blackheart gear. Um, yeah, I jumped right on and ordered that sucker right away. Uh, I just I don't have a Ciampa figure, so it was a good good time for me to fill that hole in my collection uh, and it's just a cool look uh the, the rendering looked a little strange with the head and the shoulders but I, I think that'll get itself worked out in the actual uh, figure but uh yeah that one looked cool to me I agree and actually you know since since I have I have a figure in in reserve with our deal with our competition I almost I almost reached out again notice how I'm very like 
I'm, I'm being very staggered with with that. Uh, I, I don't want to make the wrong decision, but I almost that I did. My my hat, my heart skipped a couple beats with excitement when they released that figure. So that was that was the second on my list. So I'll jump ahead and I'll give you the third. Um, so this may be a little bit quicker. Um, I'm gonna going to say the Remco style figures that they're coming out yeah. with, like from back in the AWA days. Um, and there's a Honky Tonk Man. I want to say there's Hollywood Hogan. Couple yep. other ones. Those Rick, Rick, Rick Flair and Bray Wyatt. So I'm a bit concerned about if those get delayed now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those looked fun. So I'll be interested to see what they look like in true packaging. So yeah, no, I agree. And, and those are, I never got into the, even though I like He Man um, and was a big He Man, I had a lot of He Man toys when I was a kid and I watched the original cartoon. I've seen the first two episodes of the new Netflix cartoon. I haven't watched the last three yet. Um, for the first half of the season. No spoilers, please, if you have seen it, people. Um, so, and, and, and so you would think the Masters of the WWE Universe, which is the line that Superstars is replacing, um, would have been a big hit for me. And, and I liked the way they all looked. I just didn't go down that road, with the exception of the Ricky Steamboat, because I collect everything. And and if Ricky Steamboat doesn't end up in this WWE Superstars line, I'll be stunned. It It's perfect for a Ricky Steamboat. Um, I got to admit... I, I dug those as well. So I, I probably will try to pick some of those up. Like that's a little more in my nostalgia wheelhouse than the, the masters of the WWE universe line was. Um, and if they're in that kind of 10 to $15 range, which is about what the masters of the universe ran, uh, you know, I see them hanging on the pegs at Walmart cause they're going to be a Walmart exclusive. I, I could see myself picking up a fair number of those. Um, Honky Tonk Man, I think, in a Remco is just, that's that's fun. Um, so, uh, let's see. The next one, um, uh, what do I want to say? I, I've got more than five written here is my problem. But uh, you know what? It's because I never thought we'd see the figure. The Goon. The Goon Elite. Like, I love it. I love that they have this collector's edition. It's always the Walmart or Target exclusive, right? And they're hard to find, and I wish... I need to be smarter and just if I see one, even if it's not somebody that I necessarily want to collect, I need to grab it because some of those have really jumped in price. Um, two Christmases ago, the Gorilla Monsoon, I saw at a Walmart in Rockford, Illinois. It kind of had a crease on the back, so I didn't buy it because I was being picky. And it was the only time I saw the Gorilla Monsoon. I wish I had that. It now sells for like 150 bucks on eBay. So I really actually wish that I had found two of them so I can now sell one. But um replenish the figure fund, but um, I just need to snag those when I see them. I've seen the Mae Young a couple of times and I haven't bought her because I don't necessarily care for Mae Young in my collection. Like that's not a figure, but I should just grab it in case it jumps in price. And if it doesn't, then I can sell it for 20 bucks and get my money back. But um, yeah, the goon, uh, that's one. Let me just put the APB out now. If you're listening, if you can hear the sound of my voice and we're friends somewhere, you know how to contact me. If not, two spot monkeys at gmail.com will always get you to me as well. If you have, if you get a hold of the goon figure and it's in mint condition on card, I will pay you plus shipping, cost plus shipping. Absolutely. We'll take care of it. Um, grab somebody grab me the goon if you see it because who knows about getting it out here in Nebraska. That should be the title of this episode Grab Me the Goon. Grab me the goon. I know it's not, but I just in the future. That's guilty pleasures, colon. Grab me the goon. <laughs> you can go a whole lot of ways. Right. That. Is this a wrestling podcast? What is this? <laughs> uh, my next one is the big boss man figure. I'm pretty sure that's an elite. Uh, that looked awesome. Yep. Comes with the with, with the with the trucker style hat and has the 
the blue and all the accoutrement that come with, you know, you know, what we'll call them 1990, 1991, 1992, big boss, man. Uh, you know, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Uh, that, I agree. That one looked really cool too. Um, uh, let's see the next one, you know, the Bronson Reed. Um, if we go a little more current day, that Bronson Reed in that Bam Bam Bigelow inspired outfit. Um, I think that was a great pick, even though I would have expected, um, you know, more of his traditional red singlet that kind of is his go-to. Um, I love that they used the Bam Bam singlet for it. It was a rendering. So the head sculpt looked really good, but we'll see, you know, when it actually gets released, how that looks, but it looked really good in the rendering. Um, Reed is somebody I'm high on. It certainly seems like he's headed to one of the main roster shows uh, by the way that they they kind of have booked him lately in NXT, getting the belt off of him and then having him lose to Adam Cole. Uh, Bronson Reed is somebody I probably will will pre-order or try to pick up uh, once they release which series he's in uh, on ringside or somewhere else. I thought that, that figure looked real cool. Yeah, and my last one is the Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania Six. I think it's an Ultimate Edition because it he is. has two heads. Uh, again, the second sculpt having like be like the post match where all of the makeup had sweated off and worn off his face. Comes with both the World Title and the Intercontinental Title with the yellow strap um, and other things too. Like that, just that, that's you know that's awesome. Every every little element of that figure in the in the graphic that they showed was money for me. Yeah, yeah, and I know they've done that warrior a number of times but that's one of those that i don't know that you can necessarily overdo because as people continue to come into collecting um and and know and either know of that match or see that match or go back and watch it on peacock or whatever i i think that's such an iconic moment that you're always going to be able to sell that one you know so i don't think that hurts anything um so a, a, a couple others that i wrote down um i think i have three others that i wrote down um Chainsaw Charlie in the Elite line to go into that collector's edition again. I just love that they're getting some of these characters that you never thought you'd see. Um, the Goon and Chainsaw Charlie. And I'm a big Terry Funk fan. Um, he's probably one of my top 10 favorite guys to watch um, all time. I just think he was great. Um, and and I, I know he's had some health stuff lately, and I'm glad to hear he's doing better. But um, one of my, my biggest regrets in not saving things in a proper way is I got to meet Terry Funk when you and I were in Dallas. Uh, he was at the Evolve shows or at one of the Evolve shows. And I got to, I paid the money to meet him, got a picture with him, got an autograph. The autograph is somewhere. Um, I think it's still in a box. It hasn't come out, um, but an autograph picture, but the picture I got with Funk has, has gone. Um, it was on a phone that I don't have anymore. And, and, you know, things didn't transfer and that sort of thing. And, um, that really annoys me that I didn't uh, print it down or save it to a file or save it on a Google drive or all the things we do now um, with things that, uh, because I probably won't get that chance again. Um, unfortunately with, with Funk's health, it sounds like, you know, his public appearance days are probably over. Um, so that's a, that's a bummer for me that I don't have that picture um, and probably never will get a chance, but Chainsaw Charlie, I just think is such a niche thing and such a short run for that character is Chainsaw Charlie. But, um, there's another one. If anybody sees it, grab it. Um, grab the goon and grab the chainsaw. There we go. Uh, the, the other two just to mention, well, actually three, I guess, because two are together. The Earthquake and the Yokozuna from the Royal Rumble line that are coming up. Um, I don't have either one of those guys in my collection, and 
Um, I, I've almost picked up a Yoko a couple different times and just never pulled the trigger. Having the salt bucket with the Yoko, I love that. That's great. That's a, such a great, cool accessory. Um, having that earthquake from really early in his run um, is pretty cool, too. And, and there's another guy. I mean, everything you ever hear about John Tenta is he was one of the nicest, kindest guys. Um, and I bummer that I never got a chance to meet John Tenta. But um, uh, earthquake was always... I enjoyed earthquake and the natural disasters and, and all of that. So, and, and with that outfit, he looks like the Canadian earthquake, which is yeah, what they the call Canadian. Very, very early on. And then it just became the earthquake. So, right. And I like how they're doing a couple of those like really early looks. Um, it wasn't on my list, but that cane ultimate edition that's coming has the Cape that he only wore one time at Madison square garden. I think it was, um, I probably won't buy it, but if I did, it would be because it has the Cape and that's just such a, offshoot minuscule not used ever basically thing that it's kind of cool to have in figure form the last one unfortunately i don't think we're probably ever going to get um but it was revealed and then things happened last week uh, i love that they were doing a burnt fiend um in the elite line it was again such a short run for that character and that look but i thought it was very cool that we were going to get an elite unfortunately um as i mentioned to you i think before we recorded steve ozer who's the marketing director for wwe mattel um, has said on the Wrestling Figs board, he has a Q&A thread there, which I love reading through because he's actually as open as he can be um, about things. Obviously, there are certain things he can't talk about. And he always kinds of joke. Um, people say, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? What about this guy? What about this girl? And uh, he always says, if they're available to us, we'll try to get them out on the line. If they're available to us, we'll try to get them out on the line. And he's also has said, like, I, I'm not going to reveal the star you've been waiting for for 10 years on a message board thread. Like I'm probably going to do it in a Mattel branded way. Like, you know, if they're going to give us road warrior figures. It's not going to be on the wrestling figs message board. We find out first. Um, but he has said there that um, usually if figures are being released within the 90 day window of somebody who's been released, they, they can usually get them out, which is why we see Braun Strowman and Chelsea green out right now. Um, Obviously, this was a great out rendering, so I don't think it was coming anytime in the next 90 days to probably get shelved, which really sucks. Unless WWE brings back Bray Wyatt at some point, and they can get that figure out. Um, yeah, I'm a little bummed that we probably aren't going to see that figure because I, I really would have enjoyed that. I've liked the Fiend character. We've talked about that before. So, Well, so that's what we liked out of Mattel. Let us know in the comments or shoot us a message um, if there were figures that, that jumped for you out of that. Um, I know a lot of other companies release things around then too. Um, you know, the, the zombie sailor toys has a lot of their Hasbro style figures coming out. Um, they're just, the price point for me is a little too high for those guys um, for what you're getting. I, I think they look really cool though. And I hope it does really well for folks who have that um, in their budget. I just got to pick and choose a little bit. So um, cello toys is ones. And we've just scratched the surface on these Mattels and there are so many things. So if you have, check out the gallery, if you haven't seen them yet, uh, it's a fun little uh, way to walk down memory lane and then also see some of the stars of today. Yeah. I mean, if you would have told me that a Chief J Strongbow was going to be released, I mean, that that's crazy. Like I saw that in the reveals. I will say the, the figure that um, if I want to just harp or nag on one for a second, there was an Ember Moon they showed. Um, and, and if you get a chance, Tom, flip through if, if you don't remember seeing it. But um, I think it might have even been the first one on the WWE um, page. It's, it's just a rendering, so I'm sure it'll get fixed. But she looks like she has a shrunken head. Like, her head is not right to that body. Um, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Uh, Annette actually ch chimed in on a comment and says, 
Cha. Annette, I don't know what that meant. Um, but um, I'm, I'm thinking maybe Enter got hit before she <laughs> intended to send that that uh, chat. But anyways, I think that wraps us up, Tom, for today. We've gone longer than we have in quite a while on here. Yeah, uh, but it's good. And 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 it's funny because when we started and we said we, we chatted on Sunday and here we are five days later on Friday. Let me tell you, it does not feel like it's only been five days, but lots of good stuff in the wrestling world, lots of stuff in life. Um, one quick plug uh, for me, and I shout and I and I shout us out there as well. So it's it's also a dual promotion. Uh, I was asked to be a guest on an honorable mention podcast, uh, which is a Ring of Honor retrospective, uh, which is hosted by former Ring of Honor manager and wrestler Shane Hagedorn and Jeff Schwartz. Uh, so that actually will drop uh, Tuesday, the tenth of August. Uh, on all of the normal uh, podcast platforms. Uh, you can follow those guys on Facebook as well. Um, I'm not going to give the specifics out for Shane and Jeff because they're easy to find, but an honorable mention pod. Uh, Shane has had some time off uh, because of other life-related things. So Jeff has taken the reins, and uh, they started uh, this past week, the week that we're currently in, the week of August uh, 2nd, uh, with a awesome uh, conversation with Matt Bremacamp uh, pusher from back in the day on the ROH message board and talked about his introduction to ring of honor and all of the shows that he traveled to and really unique and fun story. I was asked to, uh, and on the spur of a moment, had the opportunity in my, in my evening, uh, much to the chagrin of my wife who shot me a dirty look at the two and a half hour mark, uh, to, to record that episode. Uh, and so, so yeah, look, look for it, um, and listen for it. I think it's fun. It was it was fun to tell my story, and we literally could have gone two and a half, three hours longer. I, I didn't even let half the stories out of the bag. Uh, but thanks to Jeff, thanks to Shane, uh, and I, of course, I plugged us to Spot Monkeys Live and and gave both Jim and I a shout out. So hopefully that little cross uh, over, not cross promotion by any means, but that crossover gives uh, us some more eyes and some more ears as well. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm a little afraid of any stories that might have involved me that you might have told. So I, I will listen. Uh, not that any were too bad would involve me. I know there were probably, there are probably more entertaining stories that don't involve me, honestly. But uh, yeah, uh, I will look forward to giving that a listen. I've been listening to the interview with Maddie, uh, who is just one of the nicest people you could ever meet uh, in the world and uh, does a lot of good. Um, Matt has uh, spinal cord injury himself, uh, and, and does a lot of good for folks who have dealt with that. Um, so, so it's neat to hear his story and, and, and also his story of just, I didn't realize how many shows he really, you know, was hitting in a row there, um, after shortly after getting injured in all honesty. So, um, I didn't meet Maddie until after that. So, um, it, interesting to hear that. And I'll look forward to your stories as well, Tom, uh, did want to just jump in here at the end too, Annette, uh, let us know what she what she was saying. Um, she accidentally hit enter too quick, which I thought probably was changing her fantasy football team name to Grab the Goon. That's uh, that's what Anna is going to change her team name to. So we're inspiring fantasy football team names. I love it. Um, and uh, spoiler alert: uh, stay tuned. Uh, we joked about a football sh episode of this show in the future, and we just might be doing that in the future. Yeah, August is early, but it's going to be a busy month. Lots of good stuff to cover. Like we mentioned, AEW, SummerSlam, TakeOver, and the football season is right around the corner. Absolutely. And then before long, we'll be hitting all out and wow, it's going to be a nuts, nuts month. And, and in that, 
I'm gone for a week or two. So we'll we'll make it all work though. Join us hopefully next week. I think is our hope our planned. Uh, this will go up here in a little bit, and we will talk to you all soon. Take care. Stay safe, everybody. We'll talk to you later.